Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, and his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Well, I'm privileged today to have Alex Newman as my guest on our podcast. Alex, uh, welcome, and I'll start off by asking you to tell my listening audience a little bit about yourself and your family and how in the world you came to be all the way uh, in, I guess it was Dubai, was it, where you were at COP28? Well, thank you very much for having me, Dr. Jackson. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate all that you do. Uh, so a little bit about me. I, I, I'm not especially interesting, but I'm, I'm a journalist. I, I was trained in journalism at the University of Florida and um, been overseas pretty much all my life. So I've been following international issues since I was a little kid, you might say. We left the country when I was four and, and uh, lived in what, eight countries on four different continents. So I had a very international perspective my whole life. And then I've been following the UN climate conferences around the world uh, for about 15 years. Um, Right after I graduated from uh, the University of Florida with a degree in journalism, the New American Magazine sent me off to Copenhagen to cover the, uh, I believe it was the COP15, the Conference of the Parties number 15. Every year they have a a COP. And um, so that was my first introduction to this. And I've tried to go to all of them since. I've missed a few for various reasons. So uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in uh, Arabia, on the Arabian Peninsula, uh, mostly in Dubai. We also took a stroll over to Abu Dhabi this time around to see some religious things. They have a a new kind of a one-world faith temple there. And I was there to to cover this for the new American. You know, this is a really critical issue. I think your average American doesn't understand that this is an important issue because it's not something that the media is really talking about. But I I encourage people to recognize that actually that means it's even more important. The reason they're not talking about it is because they don't want you to know what's going on. So they keep you distracted with the shiny objects while they do the important work when they think you're not looking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Now, I read your article, which was very informative and, and, and quite fascinating. What did you mean by this this whole conference being a planned phase out? of the Western world, and, and why are you calling it economic suicide for the U.S.? So the big talking point at this conference, they, they, they come up with the messaging before these conferences even start, and the big talking point for this one was we need a phase-out of fossil fuels. So so that was the, the, the kind of the mantra for the whole thing, if you will. All the bobbleheads, the rent-a-mobs, the government officials, the, the fake journalists there who were there by the thousands – all of them were, were blabbering incessantly about the coming phase out of fossil fuels. And the theory is, you know, for those who haven't followed this very closely, uh, they argue that carbon dioxide, the gas you exhale, is a toxic pollution. And of course, using fossil fuels for energy, whether that be a coal-fired power plant or even a natural gas-fired power plant, uh, using uh, gasoline in your car or diesel in your car, you know, all of these things put CO2 into the atmosphere. Now, it's a very, very small amount. Um, The atmosphere has about 0.04% CO2 in it, and the overwhelming majority of that is there naturally. It has nothing to do with human activities at all. 
Uh, every time a tree falls in the forest, dies, decomposes, CO2 is released into the atmosphere. Every time a volcano blows up, massive amounts of CO2 are released into the atmosphere. Uh, every time you take a breath, CO2 is released into the atmosphere. Uh, when I was a kid, it was still referred to as the gas of life. Uh, we learned that we exhale it. You know, the plants use it for photosynthesis. They 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 take the carbon atoms and and then release the oxygen back into the atmosphere. So it's a beautiful cycle that God has made. But these people are now saying that CO2 is actually a dangerous toxic pollution, and somehow if you pay enough taxes to the United Nations, it's going to make the temperature of the planet perfect. Um, and I know that's quite a leap of logic. But their argument is because CO2 is bad and because using fossil fuels puts more CO2 into the atmosphere, we must um, get rid of fossil fuels eventually. And the reason I, I put on the cover of this issue, um, phasing out America, um, is because that is actually what's happening here. And, and it became so clear to me at this conference in particular, Dr. Jackson, because, yes, it's true, they're dismantling our power plants, they're shutting down our refineries, they're shutting down uh, our oil exploration in this country. But they're not actually doing that internationally. If you look in China, they're bringing two new coal-fired power plants online every single week on average. And, and communist Chinese CO2 emissions are already 300% higher than the United States, drastically higher than the entire Western world combined. Uh, some estimates say it's even 200% more than the entire Western world combined. So the idea that shutting down all the power plants in the West while building more in China is going to solve the climate crisis, even if you accept the hypothesis that CO2 is pollution, is patently ridiculous. And so what's really happening here is not actually a phase out of fossil fuels. Uh, the Arabs who were hosting this conference, the, the United Arab Emirates, the, their delegation, they actually were exposed in secret documents that were released through the BBC making oil deals with the communist Chinese and, and with the government in Mozambique and with the Colombians. So there is no intention uh, at the international level to actually phase out fossil fuels. What this is, is a calculated and very strategic effort to dismantle the middle class across what used to be known as Christendom or the free world and to transfer our economic capacity, our productive capacity to China, to Russia, to Brazil, to South Africa, to India, to other places so that they can then restructure the world more to their liking. And so, yes, there are maybe millions, billions of people out there who actually believe this is about phasing out fossil fuels. But these people are being uh, horrifically misled and deceived. There isn't going to be any phase out of fossil fuels. Every time they shut down a power plant in the United States, they bring two online in China. So all it's going to do is take our factories, our jobs, our productive capacity, our middle class to China, which, of course, will also mean our national security, our military, uh, all the systems that we depend on will go down as well. And then the center of political, military and economic power will shift out of the United States and toward the BRICS and the other uh, governments that they want to build up. I hear you. Now, I understand, Alex, that there were background deals being made during COP28. Who, who and what was that all about? So there were background deals, and uh, and thankfully the BBC, you know, the BBC is usually useless. It's a it's a propaganda tool of the British government, which unfortunately is uh, in the hands of some very nefarious actors. And um, so usually it's not even worth reading. But they did get some secret documents that they uh, that they exposed uh, in in partnership with a nonprofit group, showing that the uh, UAE delegation, including the COP28 president uh, Sultan Jabbar, uh, or wait, his name was uh, Prince Jabbar Al Sultan. He was the CEO of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Corporation, which is a massive state-backed energy conglomerate, mostly oil and, uh, and gas. They were uh, actually 
signing deals to do more oil exploration, to do more oil sales with governments around the world, uh, except Western governments. Uh, they did sign one deal with a Western government. They signed a deal with the British government to build a giant wind farm or to invest in a giant wind farm off the coast of the United Kingdom. But you know they'll be they'll be very happy to invest in that kind of stuff because they know that taxpayers are ultimately going to pay for it all, and so they'll walk off with the money and laugh as the UK handicaps its economy. But the bulk of the deals that they were doing these were oil deals, these were gas deals with governments around the world. So on the one hand, they're telling Americans, gullible Americans and Europeans and Japanese and South Koreans that fossil fuels have to go. You have to shut down your industries. On the other hand, there the the communists and the Islamists are making oil deals behind the scenes. That just galls me to no end. Well, now, what, what do you mean by a multipolar world order? I read about that in your article, and I want my listeners to, to, to hear and understand what that means. So a multipolar world order is a world order where there are multiple poles of power, as contrasted with... I guess, the dying world order that we find ourselves in right now, which is what they call the unipolar world order. So the unipolar world order has one pull of power, and that is the United States as the basically unchallengeable hegemonic economic and military power that is, I mean, essentially, since World War II, uh, the United States has uh, been unchallengeable, right? Of course, we had the Soviet Union for a while, but even then, the U.S. economy was, was so much bigger and more powerful than the Soviets that it, it was kind of a joke. Yeah, they had some military because our government was sending them technology and weapons, but uh, you know, they're, they're, even their military power was not a serious threat to the United States, despite the endless propaganda to the contrary. But what they want to do as, as part of this shift toward a multipolar world order is severely diminish the power of the United States, economic, military, diplomatic, etc., and shift that power out to other poles. Now, Beijing is going to be one of the key poles, the, the mass murdering dictatorship enslaving the people of China. Uh, that is intended to be one of the major poles in this emerging multipolar world order. And I think the reason for this is very simple. People say, well, why would they want to do that? Well, the reason is very simple. These people, and by these people, I refer to the deep state, the Council on Foreign Relations, the very, very powerful interests that uh, do not like freedom, do not like family, do not like any of the things that built Western civilization. Um, they have determined that having a new world order, as they like to call the, the global system they envision, is going to require removing the United States. And that's because the United States is based on Certain biblical principles, like the idea that God uh, gave us a right to life and liberty and property and that the government ought to be protecting those rights. The government didn't give us those rights. The government must just simply help us to protect those rights. So those ideas, the principles that the United States is founded on, are not compatible with the system that they want to build at the international level, which many powerful people, George Soros has told us that communist China should own the new world order. Uh, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, he has told us that uh, communist China is a role model for many countries. Um, David Rockefeller himself said that the social experiment in China, this was in the New York Times in 1973, the social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in human history. So they envision a global system that looks much more like communist China than the United States of America under the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And so that's why we're watching now this very, very strategic dismantling of American power. And that, of course, again, begins with economic power, but that translates almost 
as night follows day into a loss of military power and diplomatic power, etc. So that's what we're watching. And and the Council on Foreign Relations, a very powerful organization, they've been promoting this idea of a new of a new multipolar world order for well over a decade. And um, we're watching that new multipolar world order be born. Now, I kept reading about the transition, quote, transition from traditional energy and doing so in a just and orderly and equitable manner. Am I correct in assuming that is code speak for something sinister? Uh, it is absolutely code for something sinister. So when, when they talk about equity, when they talk about things that are equitable, what they really mean is is communism, right? Think of equity, the term, as a as a code word for communism. Yeah, eliminating uh, inequality is, is kind of the cover story, but really what they mean is eliminating freedom. And so under the guise of making us all equal, then they're going to um, take things from some people and give things to other people. And so when they say a just transition and an equitable transition, their argument goes like this. Like the United States has been putting CO2 into the atmosphere for generations with its industries. The United States had a big head start on this. And because of that, the United States is more responsible than anyone for this alleged climate crisis that we're facing. And so as part of a just and equitable transition, we can't expect the Indians and the Chinese and the Africans and the Argentinians to dismantle their own economies, we have to start with the people who are already rich, the United States, Western Europe, and maybe Japan and South Korea, Canada, Australia, et cetera, uh, New Zealand. And, and so the transition has got to begin with them. The pain has to be felt with us. And, and there's all these different elements to this, Dr. Jackson. One of the things that they have been talking about for a long time, this was actually the main talking point from the previous one that I was also at in Egypt, that is the idea of climate reparations. So as part of this just and equitable transition, it's not enough to just dismantle the U.S. economy and dismantle our energy systems. We also have to redistribute whatever wealth we have left to those people who are allegedly suffering from the alleged climate crisis that the United States allegedly created. So they set up what they call a loss and damage fund to funnel climate reparations from what's left of the middle class in America to the kleptocrats who are misruling much of the third world. And, and they call this part of the just and equitable transition. We're gonna destroy the Western world's economy. We're gonna redistribute whatever wealth they have left supposedly to poor people, but really to the kleptocracies that rule those poor people, and we're going to call that a just and equitable transition. Uh, it, it, it sounds too horrific to be true, and yet when you go to these things, you read these documents, it's as clear as day what they're doing. All right, all right. Now, wh what do you see in the future, Alex? I, 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 you know, I, I look at all of this and I, I say, well, what in the world can an average guy do and, and so what do you see in the future and what do you recommend that average Joes like myself do about it? Well, that's a tough one. I would say you need to get involved, first of all. All of this is happening because our government is funding it and participating in it. In theory, we the people are still in charge in this country. And so in theory, we the people have the ability to stop it. And uh, that is, I think, one thing that everybody needs to take personal responsibility for. You need to talk to your congressman. You need to talk to your U.S. senator. You need to talk to your state representative and your state senator and your county commissioners. And you need to say, I'm not okay with this. 
I don't even believe this fraudulent theory that you all are peddling. And most Americans don't believe this, Dr. Jackson. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, some months ago. Uh, the overwhelming majority of Americans don't even believe that CO2 is pollution and that it's cooking the planet. They, they, they're not convinced by this hypothesis. So at every level, federal, state, and local, governments are acting in defiance of, first of all, their, their oath to the Constitution, and second of all, in defiance of the will of the people. So we need to get active, and that begins with informing ourselves, encourage people to sign up for the New American Magazine, um, and then it means getting active. And so there's a lot that you can do with locals. Uh, I would recommend that people who are not involved in the John Birch Society take a look and consider joining us. Um, this is the only national organization that I know of that is fighting not just this battle, but so many other battles that we need to fight if we're going to save our country. So get involved in that way. Um, you know, talk with your elected officials, get together with your neighbors, set up a meeting with your congressman and bring them this issue of the magazine. Tell them, look, why are we going to dismantle our energy systems while the communist Chinese are building more coal fired power plants? That doesn't make sense. Talk to your state officials. Say, look, why, why are you going to obey the EPA and shut down our power plants in this state when, first of all, they have no constitutional authority to shut down our power plants? Second of all, um, it's an incredibly dumb idea. You need to tell them to go pound sand. We will not shut down our power plants in this state. We will not stop uh, drilling for oil. We will not stop uh, extracting coal so that we can power our power plants, so that we can heat our homes and cool our homes, so that we can power our industries that give us jobs and produce the things that we need. Um, and, and I think on a spiritual level, too, we've got to recognize that this is an assault by the forces of evil. That's and right. so we need to approach it that way. This is really it's a it's a war being waged against us and against the truth using lies, deception, manipulation, actual crimes. And uh, so we need to be in prayer about this. We need to be reading our Bible uh, and we need to be doing our best to, to be faithful to what God has commanded us to do. I hear you. I hear you. People ask me all the time, Dr. Jackson, how do you know all the things that you know? And I tell them, I read The New American. I've been reading it for, I don't know, 30, 30 plus years. And I read it before it was The New American when it was the review of the news uh, 10 years before that. And so I encourage my listeners to, to get a hold of The New American, uh, to go to the J John Birch Society website and and get a hold of the videos uh, that they produce. And now that leads me to Alex. You have a weekly uh, production that folks can listen to. What is that, Alex? So I've got a few different platforms that I'm doing now. I have a weekly radio show that goes out also through the New American website. It's called Behind the Deep State. And uh, we basically break down all these agendas. We show you what's the news behind the news. What's the news that they're trying to hide from you? How, how does this advance their overall objectives, and how do we resist that agenda? Um, we do conversations that matter as well, where we bring on uh, somebody who's either an expert in some area that's important, somebody who's an opinion molder, somebody who's got something interesting to say um, to kind of share other perspectives with people. And then um, I also do my, my daily show, The Sentinel Report, that people can find at my website, libertysentinel.org. And so uh, we're doing everything we can to try to get this information out to as broad an audience as possible. But, uh, you know, we really need help. Uh, we need people to, to send emails and contact their friends and their family, you know, speak to people at church about this, get involved in, in your local, uh, you know, party, whatever it is, because it's not enough for us just to put the information out. We need to have people who are actually going out and doing something with it in terms of uh, educating their community, in terms of uh, leaning on their elected officials to do the right thing and obey their oath of office. 
So, um, you know, we're handling the information part, and we hope that the grassroots will um, will join this battle to save our country and our civilization and our families and our freedom. I hear you. Now, say those three platforms one more time. I want my listeners to hear those. So uh, Behind the Deep State, you can find that at thenewamerican.com. Uh, that's where people can subscribe to the magazine as well. Um, you can find uh, the Sentinel Report at, at, all over the place. It goes out through seven or eight different TV networks and a lot of radio stations. And you can also find it at my website, libertysentinel.org. And uh, people can sign up for my newsletter there as well. Got you, got you. And then Conversations That Matter, where is that one? Oh, that's also at thenewamerican.com. And, uh, and that also goes out through nationally syndicated radio as part of our Behind the Deep State weekly production. Got you. All right. Well, Alex, I just thank you so much for being on my podcast, and I appreciate you. I mean, you're just a fountain of information. And will you come back and do this again for me sometime? I would love to. So thank you very much for having me, Dr. Jackson. Thanks for all that you do, and I'll look forward to talking to you again. All right. You're listening to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.